I've used squeeze cheese in the past. <laughs> Uh, but Are you talking about personal resort. use or for the traps? Just for the traps. Okay. In a world where men and women are hired with no experience to do a job that kind of sucks sometimes. Where they have to crawl under houses, kung fu fight their way through countless spiderwebs, deal with customers who just can't deal with all these dead bugs, and step in hundreds of piles of dog poop every day. Three heroes have come to save the day. Heroes who have fought those webs, stepped in that poop, survived it, and learned from it. And now they're here to tell you their story. This is the Bug Geeky Podcast. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. Awesome. We're here week five. Can you believe it? Can't believe it. It's very awesome. Yes. It's, it's crazy. Oh, we're having a blast. Last week was fun. We talked about Halloween and creepy crawlies and spiders and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool. We had fun with that. Yes, that was awesome. Josh, you were telling me you went back to that account. And yes. You, were, you had some very good success, didn't you? Yes, that bank... Um, I was talking about last week with all the spider issues. I revisited yesterday and it looked fantastic. Nice. I was happy. I was proud of myself. That's awesome. Gave myself a little pat on the back. There you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, a, a lot of times you have accounts like that that are connected to other stuff. And I know you said you have some, some, uh, people that work with other companies that bank there and you know like you have to even though that's just a bank you know you have to be mindful of the places you're servicing because even with residential stuff it could be someone that your contact knows oh, yeah. or is related to or something like that so you kind of even though again it's just it's just a small commercial customer you, you still have to give it all you got right take care of it yeah that account's actually connected to a large commercial account we have yeah. so and you didn't know that whenever you were servicing it. I had no clue. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Do your best. Give it all you got at every account, right? Yeah. Congratulations on the success, man. That's great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So how, how's things looking like overall this month, like pest pressure? Uh, I think we're getting a little break. How about you, Phil? It's been up and down. Uh, we've had some warmer weather here in the south that has caused some pest populations to kind of jump back up a little ants. bit. Yeah. Ants. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of ant calls this week. Yeah, they've, they've been a little bit more than normal, but I would say in mid-November, early yeah. November. Go away. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Mother Nature's supposed to be our friend in the winter months, but uh, she's turned her back on us so far. I mean, we're, you know, a week into November. Yeah. It should be, uh, <laughs> should be smooth sailing, but yeah, it's not too bad, though. It's better than in July. So. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, um, before we get started, I just want to thank a few. Uh, oh, we already got started. <laughs> while while we're getting started. While we're getting started, um, I just want to thank a few of our uh, our followers on our social media accounts, um, Twitter, uh, BuzzTech Pest PHX. Um, I think it's BuzzTech. Uh, Pest Control in Phoenix. Uh, thank you guys for following us. At CY Creek Pest, 
Uh, thanks for following us. You've liked a couple of our stuff. Thank you. Um, Instagram, uh, greener than you. Thank you so much for your uh, comment that you uh, that you made on our our recent post. Uh, that yes, was really thanks, awesome. Brother. That, Appreciate that. That meant a lot to us. Uh, you told us that you're you listen on your on your hour drive to work. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, that it's a good time to say that uh, that we're moving to to a little different format starting this week. We're gonna start releasing every other Thursday. Uh, we're gonna bring y'all a little longer podcast. Get some more time to get a little more in depth. You guys have uh, have asked for that, so we're gonna try to go forty five minutes to an hour starting this week. Cool. Sounds good. We can dive in a little more with that. Hey, and thanks at Love and Rescue Band for the uh, for the comment there. And you guys listening, check out Love and Rescue. They actually uh, perform the song that we play at the end of the podcast, Addiction. So check them out, Love and Rescue Band on iTunes and wherever streaming is available. Absolutely. On Facebook, uh, Nick Madero of Madero Pest Control in Colorado uh, just started following us. Um, thanks for liking our stuff and supporting us. Let's Very see. cool. Yes. Thank you, um, brother. And uh, Phil pointed out right before we started recording that the McRib is back. Nice. Uh, we were looking through social media, so that's awesome. And uh, make sure you stock up on your toilet paper, folks. Diarrhea for everyone. <laughs> you have to pay for the for the McRib, but the diarrhea is free. That's right. Oh, you pay. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah, yep. Huge announcement. How huge? Huge. Huge. We have T-shirts. Yes. I'm so excited. They look so cool. We will be getting them in hopefully within the next couple weeks. Uh, they're being made as we speak. They say Bug Geeky Podcast and uh, a couple different things on them. So Stay those, Geeky, right? Yes. Stay Geeky. Uh, those will be available here soon. We'll put out a post on our social media for that and let you know how to get them. We'll probably have a, um, a merch website for that. Uh, they will be $15 a piece, and they are, they are really cool looking. Share that Bug Geeky love. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, people have still been emailing us pests for identification. I know we've gotten three or four in, and I'm really happy about that. We've uh, been able to help a few technicians out with pests that were just weird, and they didn't know what it was. A couple of camelback crickets. Yeah, yeah, and, like, you you can use Google for stuff like that, but sometimes, you, you know, you don't even know what to look up. Why use Google when you could use Geeky? I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's on the next T-shirt. <laughs> I have to get paid every time that's used. Yes. There you go. <laughs> our, our first sponsor. <laughs> Check out buggyhe.com. That's our blog. We got a post coming up here soon. We try to do it at least once a month. Uh, gets a little more in-depth than we can go into with the with the podcast. So check that out. Yes, sir. That's all. All the all the business I got. Good source of information there. Yeah, yeah, I got audited accounts, part due, coming up. Nice part two. So. Looking forward to that, man. Yeah, yeah thanks. That's gonna be good. So, so what's our uh, topic today, fellas? We are talking about rodents. Ah, oh, man. Call back right for the winter time. So. Mm-hmm. I've I've had my share of them this week. Really? Yep. Called any this week? Not yet. 
Really? I'm working on it. I just got uh, I've just put out the traps within the past couple of days. So. Patience is so important with rodents, and that's why it's so difficult. I think. Yep. Because nobody has patience for the rodents. Well, yeah, and and we don't have time either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, proper follow up on those are every day. Yes. So unfortunately, you know, get a car a little bit of time out to go check those traps and inspect different areas so it can be very tough the one thing i've been dealing with is um because all the ones i've had have been in like small offices um and i'm dealing with customers who like a like a one's office manager who likes to take it upon himself to check the traps himself and move them and you know mess with stuff so i got he wasn't there when i checked in today and i got like three traps missing and I don't know if I caught the mouse or or if he just moved it or you know I, I don't know I don't know what's going on. Well, people step on them and snap them. Mm-hmm. And the common misconception with customers is that it's like a one shot thing. When you do that, <laughs> they just throw them away and right. they're like, you know, I can reset that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's. You have to communicate to your customers that you know I, I'm the expert here. Let me, let me do my thing. And, exactly, it's yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mice, especially when we're talking about rodents, mice are one of those things that because they're so abundant in where we live and where we work, uh, that most people have some familiarity with how yes. to get rid of one or two mice, and so they think, well. I've got this serious problem, you know, I can handle it, and then it only gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, right. Because they're not identifying the correct areas that need to be trapped. Um, they're everywhere, though. Yeah. <laughs> I had a customer last month. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I caught the mouse because I went back there after this, but I went in, they called me, it was this huge emergency because it was a sleep lab. And so you had to be quiet because everybody was asleep. Yeah. Well, they they had a mouse that was like, going around everywhere making noise and and they had to like cancel all the (laughs) sleep lab patients but i went in the a lady was in there uh, that works in the area and set all the snap traps of peanut butter i just put a little bit in there because you don't need to put a whole pile in there came back the next day she had taken all the peanut butter off and put like chunks of cheese on the snap traps did she lick the peanut butter off probably but oh I was like, it, so much so that I like kicked the trap and it wouldn't even go off. Right, it was like weighted down. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I told her, I said, please don't do that. <laughs> I said, let, let me reset my trap. Don't stuff, touch my stuff, lady. And I, because I didn't catch anything that night because she did that. She did it. She said she did it right after I left because she said peanut butter doesn't work. And so after I came back and switched it, I caught it like an hour later. Yeah, yeah. that's a funny uh, story because. You made two great points there. One, little goes a long way when you're uh, baiting those traps. You're those not snap feeding traps. them. No, you're trying to get just enough to attract them to that station and just enough to get them to put enough pressure on that trigger, or whatever trigger it is, whether it's a pressure trigger or a center trigger, to get that trap to go off. Yeah, to get them to lean, lean into lean it. Lean into yeah. it, exactly. Um, and then two, uh, the right bait is so important. Yeah, sometimes cheese is not good to, to use. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, <laughs> like the pun. <laughs> um, 
actually, I've never found that cheese is a good. I've never used cheese uh, for that. I've used squeezed cheese in the past. <laughs> Uh, Are you talking about personal use or for the traps? Just for the traps. Okay. (laughs) Well, the thing is with cheese, I mean, I know they they smell really like they have really good noses, but like I feel like peanut butter is way more uh, potent Potent. (laughs) than cheese. Yes, I say potent. Okay. We can. uh... (laughs) That was great. You'll have to refer to the. Previous podcast to get that joke. Yes. Yes. Potent, potent, potent. (laughs) Yeah, peanut butter is potent. That will also be on our next t shirt. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It will. Uh, Say one word proper and you get it for a week and a half. So, what's some other stuff that y'all have used for bait in a trap that's worked? Beef jerky. Uh, For for mice specifically. Uh, Well, mice are really omnivores. So, Mm -hmm. there's, again, you know, you can use uh, cheese, you can use, uh, my preference is uh, peanut butter, um, any sort of like a, a nut-based uh, oil. Nut butter. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nutella. Yep. Nutter butters. Yeah, have you used Nutella with, before and that worked um, good? That, that oil is very, very attracted, or attractive to the mice, so I like to use that. Tang, believe it or not, works really well. Really? Uh, yeah, a little. Are you like soaking the trap in it, or? Uh, you can do that, or you can use the powder inside the trigger. Oh, really? Uh, a little bit, yeah. That I've That'll not work. done. Yeah. Uh, chocolate is something that if I'm having trouble catching a mouse, that I can go to. Um, they like that uh, high sugar content. I used jelly one time. Mm-hmm. That worked really good. So, the other thing to keep in mind when you're looking at trapping. Especially for mice, is what are they feeding on? Mm-hmm. Right. You know that that that'll go a long ways because if you put the bait in there that they're they're currently feeding on, you're you're gonna have more more success. How about um, like material of some sort, shredded material? Have you ever Absolutely. used that? Yeah, nesting material is a great. Uh, if you're if you're getting trap shy, rodents because uh, they've set off a snap trap or. I've been exposed to um, uh, some sort of trapping, in the, you know, previously. You can always put some nesting material out to draw in and uh, create another source of uh, curiosity for them there. Yep. I used insulation one time because mm-hmm. it, um, it was nesting in the wall, mm-hmm. and I used the same insulation that it was, like, pulling out. Nice. Yeah. String, cloth, fiber, anything like that will work really well. Um, some dental floss. And one thing that's important too, which I when I first started I didn't even think about, but the fact of if you're dealing with a pretty prominent issue is putting out traps that are baited but not set. Right. Um, you know, that that definitely helps and you wouldn't think so, but if if there's not a clear thing that they're feeding on, anything like that, it it definitely helps. Yeah, pre baiting monitor it. Yeah. Pre for mice is often not done, but yeah. it is very useful in a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes you can set some traps and catch a bunch of mice, uh, but in some of those rare instances where you're having a really difficult issue, pre baiting will save you a lot of 
headache down the road. Especially if there's a lot of competing food sources and stuff, you leave them out and get them used to it being there, mm-hmm. get them eating it, then you know, that's what they're going to go for. You can find out exactly what they like too. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll feed on the baits that they that they want. Yep. Have you guys ever had a customer that wanted you to catch the mouse but not kill the mouse? Yes. Oh, that happens a, all the time. I had a lady recently. She's like, "Now don't kill it." I'm like, uh, "You know, it's urinating and defecating <laughs> all over your papers and your desk, and you know, I mean." She said, don't use one of those glue traps. And I'm like, well, I wasn't, you know, but. I get that a lot. People, I don't know. And, you know, it does take a little while for them to die most of the <laughs> but time. But they're like, it's inhumane. I'm like, okay, well, I'll put a snap trap down and snap their head off with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. Glue traps are a little less humane, yes. Um, they, mice have a very high metabolism in that they also can't really. Um, produce a lot of body heat for themselves. That's mm-hmm. why they need so much nesting material. So, oftentimes it's a hypothermia situation yep, right. where they'll they'll die of exposure. In all honesty, inside something like or on on a glue glue trap or like inside a tin cat. They might have just died from embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm stuck on this glue trap. Heat all over myself. I'm out in the middle of the room here. Have y'all had the issue of people putting huge globs of peanut butter on the middle of? The I've followed boards? technicians that have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 If if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know, they can actually, and I've watched this happen, grab the peanut butter with their hands, get the oil on it wipe it on their bodies and get off of the glue board. Which is what Gabe does on the weekend. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's called peanut butter twister. <laughs> Should try it sometime. It's just it's so frustrating to go through all that work of, you know, putting out traps and stuff and you go and there's like huge globs of peanut butter everywhere and it's like yeah, man. And, and I mean, it's enough for a whole family of mice to eat. Especially you know? when you when you go to it and you find the fur on there that they have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, the peanut butter breaks down that glue. Yep. And it becomes less uh, tacky. Um, so that again, you're talking about an oil-based product, and so that that glue is just not going to hold up when you put something like that on there. Yep. Uh, glue boards are really. You know, you're you're looking at catching more juveniles when mm-hmm. you're using glue boards. Uh, that's pretty common knowledge. I don't think I'm uh, juvenile wowing mice. anybody. Yeah, exactly, Not juvenile children. mice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you well, could you probably could, do yeah, that. You know, a uh, little baby oil will take it off little Tommy. <laughs> too much <laughs> Big pain. enough glue board. <laughs> <laughs> too much uh, stress. But, uh, you know, um, glue boards will are effective for, you know, looking and trying to find out where mice are, are running not necessarily mm-hmm. for like baiting or anything like that. Yep. Right. That's why usually, you know, if if I'm going into an issue where I, I think it's just, you know, maybe a small family of mice or something like that, I'll usually put out a couple glue boards just to kind of monitor and see like sure. what kind of activity I get. Even if you get a little bit of fur or something where they've just kind of barely gone in there, you kind of get the general area of where they've been. Have you have you guys ever gone into a monthly or quarterly account where you had glue boards down to monitor pest activity, but mainly insects, and you pick it up to check it, and there's a mouse in there the customer didn't know about. You're oh, like, yeah. oh, mouse, lizard, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah snake. Definitely. Yeah, 
Oh. I had a bat in one one time. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? I that remember that. Weird. I remember when that happened. I, I took a picture of it and sent it to Gabe. I'm like, uh, yeah, this is not normal, is it? <laughs> that is. I don't think we've ever heard of that one. Isn't that weird? Yeah, pretty wild. So. I, I've caught a bat with a glue board. Like... <laughs> <laughs> from the air. Yeah, exactly. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So. Pay attention to those perforations on the glue boards as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can obviously uh, fold them up into a box, but there is also a perforation that runs the length of one side. It's got about uh, a quarter inch of a, of a fold. And what that's for is actually to fold it up so that the glue, when you place it up against the wall, is uh, right there. Because yep. if it's a very small juvenile mouse, they can actually run across that uh, that surface uh, and not get on the glue board. Right. So right. make sure you use that perforation to get that glue flush with the wall. And another thing too, um, there's a lot of like crazy contraptions for mice, but I mean, really, you got your snap traps, old school snap traps. Yep. You got your um, IRTs. Yep. Uh, I'm a fan of the the T-Rex traps in general. The, yeah, um, the for rats. Sm- well, the the they have them for mice. The the sm- the smaller version of the the rat mm-hmm. one, just mainly because of ease of use. I, I like the whole you know where you pull it back. Uh, if you don't know what they are, it's almost like a mouth, and you just pull pull the back of it back. Or step and, on it. Yeah, or step on it. That that too, especially for the rat ones. Yeah. I hate setting rat traps. <laughs> right, and it the, takes your coolness factor away when you. Um, snap a rat trap and Scream it scares like you so bad you need to go change your pants. It's. Uh, it. I'm not so bad with the uh, T-Rex or the Big Snappies the wood brands, ones. but those wood ones... Oh, yeah. It's like a two-by-four. Uh, I mean, I don't know anybody that sets those confidently. No, no. <laughs> no. no you look like Don Knotts. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. Please don't go off. Please don't go off. So. And then you got your, your exterior bait stations. Mm-hmm. Um... Those are those are awesome for rodent control, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people use different rodenticides inside. Yeah, there's a variety out there. Yeah, and there's there's different regulations in different states. Yep. Here in South Carolina, it, it's it's fairly frowned upon to use bait inside, as, as especially in you know. You have to go through the proper channels. Yeah, it, it's yeah. one of those things where it's mainly not very smart. Just because of the fact of you're gonna have dead mice everywhere, and you kind of and it's not safe. Yeah, in the circumstance of a restaurant or a you know or a grocery store or something like that. You're talking about using an RTU, which is what's called a ready-to-use trap. Yes. It's got usually a spot for one or two pieces of bait at max and uh, placed inside. Um, it's hard to secure those stations. Yeah, um, you can screw them into the wall as far as into a two by four. I've done that successfully, but yeah, I mean, typically, you know, your first option, you're gonna wanna look at trapping. Mm-hmm. And then if uh, you need to escalate it into an interior baiting situation. That, that would know, be a bad Go through situation. the proper channels. Yeah. And, and, and I've been in those situations mm-hmm. where that's needed, unfortunately, uh, due to, you know, several factors, whether it's sanitation and the size of the population um, sometimes you're looking at if it's a if it's a large building, you've got more than one client in that building. Yeah. One client may not want or need your services, but they have a problem. Or they might or, have another service. Or they, or they might have someone yeah. exactly. They might have another company that's 
servicing uh, their their specific area. So a lot of different factors that uh, you could you can run into. On That's that. the hard thing about doing pest control in a in a city is you know you have so many buildings close to each other and so many competing pest control companies. When you're in a situation like like the one you're referring to, where you have another company pretty much servicing the same building, just a different area, it's hard when they're not doing the job that you're doing. You know, you're going in and doing mass trappings and and doing your best, but they're just letting them get right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's 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 a pretty challenging thing. Very very much so. I mean, uh, mice can very easily. Uh, reproduce very quickly. Mm-hmm. Very easily you can go from just a couple mice to uh, uh, well over 60 yeah, in I, about three months time. I, I, I looked some up some, some facts earlier and the gestation period is 20 to 30 days. Mm-hmm. A little more on the on the 20 side. Four to seven young per litter uh, and up to eight litters per year. Sheesh. That that's that's a lot when it when it when you're dealing with it's not just that one in that area having the all those, you know. It can become a huge issue fast. Yeah, they can explode on you uh, mm-hmm. very quickly if you're not keeping an eye on things. Uh, however, you know, they, they do have a quick life cycle mm-hmm. as far as their life expectancies around a year. Yep. Um, and they also have a lot of predators. And so that's why we're talking about controlling them and not running from them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they could easily, uh, in certain circumstances, uh, get way out of control to where there's really nothing we could do. But yeah. they have a lot of predators, hawks, snakes, several different uh, um, uh, predators they have to look out for. Now, is it true that if they're in an area where there's a lot of Barry White or Marvin Gaye and possibly alcohol, do they reproduce more? <laughs> <laughs> or is See, that I a... never know where you're going to go, man. <laughs> that's it's, been... always, it's always anticipation. <laughs> that's not been field tested, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm willing to bet that would contribute. You know, if let's get it on's playing, then you know, you, yeah, yeah, that, that might get out of hand. Yeah, the alcohol spillage is flowing, and that's it. You know, so, yes, sir. Uh, and one one thing interesting that you don't really think about is the fact that they they do breed year round. Yeah, you know, yes. you think of rodent issues really only being in the winter. You know. Um, and because they're trying to come inside, but I mean, they're literally, it's breeding all the time and just getting worse and worse. I know I have an account that I think I talked about it last week, but they had automatic doors on all the buildings and they just, they're, they called me about a mouse and then they called me about another mouse and we've, I think we've caught 11 mm, and wow. they were trying to figure out like, why, why are we all of a sudden having this rodent problem? So I, I go around. all of a sudden, you know. Yeah, I go around the back side of the building, and there's this huge grass field that has just been cut like a and week there you ago. Go. And I was like, "Come on, guys!" Well, like, as far as that goes, you know, we've talked about all this equipment you could use with the tin cats and the base stations. How about exclusion? How that, important is that? Extremely important because. They probably, those buildings are pretty sealed up in general, but they got automatic doors on both sides that stay open 30, 30 seconds to a minute. And when you when you have an area like that, one of them, they had a, um, like a laundry room that had two dryers in it. 
and you know they have the exhaust pipes that go out the back there was a one of them was missing they took one of the dryers out so there was a hole in the wall straight outside so if you have these cracks and crevices and holes in your building you they're going to get inside you also have to think about uh we tend to think linear linear as humans you know we mm -hmm. walk we walk to the door we go out the door mice don't see the world that way they look more uh, spherical and and three and, and three-dimensional so you know you're talking about uh, automatic doors but you've also got a uh, roof that you've got to be concerned about yep. with lots of openings and uh, potential areas for them to get especially like in a commercial facility where air handler or something's on the roof yep. uh, I've seen a lot of entry points for mice uh, getting in in that way especially and, and a, a lot of times around electrical utilities that are higher up on the building mm -hmm. uh, versus lower I've seen mice get in that way as well it's like um, Dot from Back to the Future. You're not thinking fourth dimensionally. That's and right. <laughs> you you kind of have to as right. a technician. You need to think out of the box. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of times there'll be door gaps or uh, I've dealt with pipe entry points behind the water heaters yep. a lot. You know, that needs to be, you need to get your copper mesh or as Phil likes to use, aluminum mesh. Um, <laughs> get some mesh and um, and get that stuff plugged up. And then use and, your other tools. And don't use spray foam. No. It doesn't work. And yeah. they'll chew it and create nesting material. There yep. you go. You're just even, helping them out. Honestly, even the, the pest-proof stuff they've come out with is supposed to be stronger. They'll no, literally don't. eat right through it. Yeah. You don't need to reinvent the wheel mm -hmm. here with, with rodents. Nope. I mean, it, it's that stuff's going to help exclude like insects and stuff. So if you got... If you're having a problem with American roaches and you got pipe entry point gaps everywhere, you know, yeah, go ahead and use that stuff. But if you're using, you know, if you're using it for mice, they're gonna eat right through it. Good rule of thumb: if you if you're gonna use spray foam, make sure you've got some sort of mesh behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good rule of thumb. Yep. Yeah. I had a um, a restaurant one time that um, it was actually my first time ever dealing with a rat, and this thing was huge. They had a whole perfect hole behind this refrigerator in the wall and uh, I told the guy I said you need to seal it uh, I, didn't, I didn't have anything at the time and he did a lot of the maintenance in there and uh, he said alright I'll get it taken care of and um, I actually still have the picture he, he used probably three cans of that stuff and it was a mountain <laughs> like huge $54 yeah. it, later it looked like, like a loaf of bread coming out of the wall I have a picture there is a hole God, it's, it's probably eight inches around. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> uh, the, that rat ate through it. and um, yeah. I mean, that was nothing to a rat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, well, it happened, like, within a matter of hours. Sheesh. I had a rat situation one time. It was a place that had a uh, sewer right outside, commercial account, and they had a dock area. And the way it was made, this rat, they had it on video, ate through the brick wall. Hmm. This thing was massive. Uh, they showed me the video. It looked like a cat. It was huge. <laughs> and it literally ate through the brick wall. There was a mound of brick debris. Wow. Just and, saw, like brick dust? Yeah. Wow. And, and some, some chunks of brick. Mm -hmm. This thing was a beast. Was the building old? It was old. Yeah, I figured as much. 
but it, thankfully I set a trap and caught it the first night, which they do have a video of, which was really awesome. <laughs> um, but you know, with rats and and their uh, you know them being trap shy, I knew I pretty much had one shot at it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I lucked out, but um, yeah. have you guys had any issues with? Trap shyness? Yes, that rat that I was talking about. I set, and this, I had been only doing this maybe six months at that time, so I didn't know what trap shy meant. I didn't know that kind of stuff. Um, I put out, I think, 17 of those huge rat traps. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and lined the whole area with glue boards, the the rat glue boards, the huge yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rat trays. It, they they had thrown flour on the on the floor they were dirty and you could see it it's paw prints going oh, wow. right going uh, right around everything yep. i ended up shooting it with a pelican <laughs> well when when all else fails yeah now those rat trays do work yes i have had situations with trap shyness where i use those and they don't really know what those are so they just think they can walk over them mm-hmm. and they're so deep i yep. think that's how no, that that, that really glue is significantly more tacky, so yeah, you get a lot more response uh, as far as our catches. Yeah, uh, as far yeah. as response goes, so they also make those for freezers. They do. If anybody, we got a cold cold storage. Yeah, uh, rat trap. Yeah, uh, that glue does not hold up in the summer though. No, it's like <laughs> a puddle. <laughs> I was I was looking up some um, some facts about rodents earlier and stuff and. They actually can survive for a short amount of time in uh, 10 below temperature. Oh, wow. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I know, you know, that's that's perfect circumstances and, and a probably pretty decent-sized one mm-hmm. um, and probably not a long long period now, of time. Is that a rat or a mouse? Mouse. Rat. mouse. House mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was that was fairly interesting because I mouse sickle there. Yeah, I would have thought. And again, that's that's probably running through a freezer, you know, for mm-hmm. for a few minutes maybe. But um, I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. To uh, to rewind a little bit, uh, we were talking about bait stations, exterior bait stations. Um, I'm not sure about other states. I assume in other states you would still need to use the rodenticide sticker inside the base station. Yeah. The label. Is that true? Uh, some you have to put on the outside as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's going to vary by state, so make sure that whatever state you're in, you're up on your local laws yes. and regulations and uh, whatever your state uh, uh, governing body is, make sure you get with them and check that so that your all your bait stations are legal. So, yeah, cuz you can really get in trouble for that. Yeah. Yes. You know, something as simple as that and you know, it's something you don't even really think about, you know? Well, I've had situations where people have driven over the, the bait station and broke it. Mm-hmm. You um, got exposed to rodenticide at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. What if a kid comes by, eats the rodenticide, and mm-hmm. you don't have a sticker in there? Yeah. Yep. That's, that's a bad, bad scenario there. That's, that's yeah. So. Um, and, you know, I service a lot of audited accounts. A rodent in an audited account equals bad bad news oh, yeah. trouble um that um well maybe not so much well rat would too rat squirrel anything in an audited facility around audit time would be bad but well that's uh, why it's important to properly service your bait stations yes because 
you know, in in the grand scheme of things, you don't think a lot about the bait stations when it comes to account like that. You think about all the tin cats inside, or, or you know, what whatever whatever it is that you regularly check. You say it's something you service weekly. You think about those a little more than you do the bait stations. But yeah. that's that's your first line of defense. Yep. You know, if you say they they mow down a field behind the place, that's you know that's your that's first what they're line gonna of defense. Hit first, yeah. The place that that I had, thankfully, it's it's not an audited facility, but they didn't want to pay for base stations, right? So that's why I didn't have that line of defense. You know, what what's your? Um, I know everybody had kind of has their own different things they do, but what's your process in servicing a base station? Base stations, uh, well, there's several different kinds. Um, whether you know you have the ones with the screw, which take forever to service, they suck. Or the uh, Evos with the pop lock. Yeah, um, those, those are much more convenient. Those are yeah. fantastic. If you have those. Or the ones with the padlocks. Those are really fun. Oh, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's old school. But uh, most of us, I think, at this point use electronic devices. So I will scan my bait station mm-hmm. and um, type in my rodenticide and everything. Um, but you're going to want to clean your bait station. I know a lot of companies don't require that. Our company that we work for does require that. You want to make sure your bait station's clean, especially audited facilities, because that's going to be checked. And in general, that's just a good rule because that's yes. what another company salesperson is gonna. That's how they're gonna. That's the first your thing account. they're gonna check. Yep. And and take your account, which takes your money that feeds your family. I've had people try that on me and they have failed. They have failed miserably. Yep. But then you're going to want to, you know, replace your adenoside. Um, but just keep it clean, you know. Um, if it's slammed full of black widows and webs. What's y'all's you know? view on the argument of cleaning versus not cleaning with the pheromones? Uh, and the, you know, the excuse that a lot of people have with that. What's What's your view on that? I don't think you have to Windex the bait station and wipe it out with paper towels, but I brush my bait stations yeah. out. What do you think, Phil? Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, you're not necessarily taking Lysol to the bait station. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you've got droppings in there uh, and you're just brushing them out and cleaning the bait station properly, then yeah, you're still going to get, you're still going to have that same uh, uh, odor that's going to attract other rodents there. So. Yeah. Uh, that's not too much of a concern. A new bait station, more than anything else, you know, they're going to have to acclimate to, yeah. uh, especially rats. You're looking at a bit of neophobism there. You'll have to uh, nice get word. used to that new new thing that's yeah. in their life. Uh, neophobic means afraid of new things, uh, but uh, they'll they'll get used to it in about two weeks or so, and then you'll begin to. I I usually carry a putty knife, a one mm-hmm. one inch putty knife, and so I can scrape off any of those dried rodent droppings because in an audited facility that will also cause you to have a deduction if mm-hmm. uh, an auditor finds that. So try to try to scrape the bottom of the of the tray or whatever's there, uh, get everything nice and clean. Uh, wear from, gloves too, please. Oh, please yeah. wear gloves. Uh, and don't be do, careful. Guys, don't do this job without gloves. Protect yourself. Absolutely. There's a lot of diseases that mice even roaches, a lot of the things we come into contact with uh, on a daily basis, uh, just protect yourself. Make sure you're wearing your proper PPE. And be careful of the, you know, the the dust that's coming up from that because you can 
you can breathe that stuff in. I don't I don't recommend necessarily wear, wearing a respirator while you're checking bait stations. Just but just lean back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just kind of be mindful of it. So. Yeah, but bait stations, you know, just keep them clean, keep them looking good. Um, audited facilities, number the outside, mm-hmm. make sure they're on your map. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we were talking about earlier, if you get a mouse inside and it's caught in a trap, your audit's done. Yep. It's over. Yeah. Finished. Uh, yeah, so um, rodent control is very important uh, to our jobs and our customers and and so forth and so on. How about identification? Uh, Phil, you're the, you're the king of this. Um, going into a situation, hypothetically, um, there's droppings, sometimes no droppings. How do you kind of figure out what you're about to do battle with? <laughs> So there's a few different areas that you can look and a few different avenues that you can take to properly identify what you're looking for. Uh, first of all, I'm glad you mentioned droppings. That's going to be the first thing that you look at. Mice are going to have uh, smaller droppings than uh, large rodents, obviously. Uh, they'll be pinched on uh, either end. Um, unlike an uh, American roach that's going to have a more squared uh, uh, fecal matter. And don't um, be afraid to to call that out too because I've had a lot of issues where like an office or something they open a drawer that hasn't been open in a long time even like in a break room and there's droppings in there but it's clearly American roaches because they got a, a sink in there that they never use or a right. pipe gap or something. You gotta know your stuff. Pay attention to that because you could be putting out a ton of mouse traps for an issue that you could solve by you know treating pipe entry points. I bet the uh, FBI is glad that's not how they have to track people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is a small person. These droppings are so small. <laughs> uh, but mice are going to typically be between, you know, uh, right, right around a quarter inch, and they can get they can be large, a little bit larger, uh, a little bit smaller, depending upon, you know, the, if it's a juvenile mouse or an adult mouse, or um, uh, so. Uh, Norway rats, you're going to have more blunt fecal matter uh, to, to look at there, and it's also the size is going to be pretty pretty uh, indicative. Uh, yeah. Norway rats or sewer rats, uh, about a half inch long. Um, so, and then you've got uh, we have around here, uh, we've got roof rats as well, or black rats. Some folks know them by that. Uh, they will also have pinched ends. Uh, be around a half inch long so that's kind of one of the first steps um, and the roof rats if um, if I'm right in saying this they have the bigger more round ears correct oh uh, yeah that's correct yeah so that's how, kind of how it, one of the ways that you can tell in between them if if you are lucky enough to actually see the rat um, you know the biggest indicator with a roof rat yeah. though is the tail mm-hmm. tail is gonna be longer than the body and usually it's significant so you can you can kind of have a, a, a pretty good idea yeah. if you can actually visualize the, or see the see the rodent itself. Um, other indications of a rodent, not necessarily a mouse or a rat, but a rodent infestation or rub marks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, Sebum. You know uh, they 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 have grease on their bodies. Anybody that's ever opened a tin cat and seen one that's been there for more than uh, a day or two. It's knows, gross, <laughs> man. Yep. Pretty grimy. It is so gross. Uh, that oil rubs uh, will rub off on where they're running, and so you'll get grease marks. 
Uh, you will also have null marks, whether it's you on wiring or in sheetrock, things like that. Now you can sometimes tell if it's a larger rodent versus a smaller rodent from null marks. You can also tell that in your bait mm -hmm. when you're uh, uh, setting uh, traps. Uh, if you're pre-baiting, you can tell, okay, well, we got a mouse that's nibbling on this potentially, or, you know, if it's uh, large teeth marks, you can, uh, large incisor teeth marks, you can say, okay, we got a, a larger probably rat here. So uh, those are just a few ways that you can kind of tell. But again, you know, really uh, that, that, uh, that uh, fecal uh, identification is, is pretty significant um, for uh, get, getting you to where you want to be. And you, you know you have an issue when uh, you check your bait station and there's no rodenticide left. We actually just had this happen. Phil calls me. He's like, uh, hey, you know that, that bait station behind such and such account? And uh, I said, yeah. He said, is that yours? I said, yeah, it is. He said, well, it's mine too. <laughs> But here's the scary part. It never has rodenticide in it's it. It's being checked basically every two weeks. Right. And, and it's it empty. It's empty every time. That's so. a little bit of a problem. In and, an alleyway in a city. <laughs> yeah, and it's a greasy, nasty alleyway. So it's not shocking at all. But my, my, my first trip trapping mice with uh, Phil was uh, actually a restaurant. <laughs> Big, big problem, and he inherited that problem, actually. It, it wasn't something uh, due to his negligence at all. Um, so he's like, hey, man, you know, if you have time, come down and help me. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. Well, we would set these snap traps and walk away and pop. I mean, as soon as we walked away, well, we catch the first one, <laughs> and I walk up behind Phil, and he turns around and holds it right up in my face and goes, See here's a mama. See the see the little teats. <laughs> she has babies somewhere, and I'm like, dude, forget about the teats. Let's just catch the rest of the the mice, you know. But I, I did a follow up at that same account, and generally mice are gonna be a little more active at night, you know, when it's when it's quieter, you know. Right. And I went during lunchtime. One of the loudest, craziest kitchens I've ever been in, and there was mice running around during the daytime. Yeah. Did and they have teeth? Yes, they did have teeth. They did. I, I caught I caught three while I was there. Yeah. Oh wow. During the day, during lunchtime. That's you know, when that's, you know you that, have was a, a, that was a tough situation. Yeah, you I have mean, a problem we, at that point. You know, we've made a lot of headway there and uh I'm I'm glad to say that we're we're not fighting that same issue anymore there. But um, you know, uh as funny as it is, it is appropriate to actually sex those rodents that you catch them as you catch them to find out do you have an alpha do you have a breeding female um you're not really going to find out if you had a breeding male but you can check and see you know um did i catch mama you know uh the reason that's important um you were psyched about it too, I was. <laughs> the reason that's important is uh mice typically have a range of about 30 feet or so spherically okay so up down all the way around uh but as they're younger, more juveniles, especially a nursing uh, pup, uh, that that is going to really, really draw in. So if you catch a mom, 
she's not going to be far from that nest, so you're, yep. you're pretty much right on it. Yes, t- um, 10 to 30 nice. feet kind of depends, and that depends Correct. on the where they're nesting, uh, how close the food source is. Yes. You know, if if it's a little far away, they might you know they might go a little farther, but that that's kind of the average. The other thing you want to look for again, to go back to droppings. Mice don't have mice or rats don't have bowel control, mm-hmm. so where you find poop, that's where they're hanging out. You got they, lots they eat of, a lot fe- of big ribs. Yeah, <laughs> you got a <laughs> lot of fecal matter um, in that area. Then you've got a pretty you you've either had mice there for a real long time, or you've got a, you've got a population that you need to address. Yep. So. Nice. You're a smart guy, man. That's no, just luck. <laughs> One of the first, well, actually the first mass trapping I was ever a part of, Phil was there. Uh, I think I'd only, I'd, I don't even know if I was out of training yet. I think I, I'd only been doing it a couple weeks, and that completely freaked me out. We put out over 200 traps. That's probably about right. Yeah, it was, and um, it was an indoor-outdoor type covered area. We ended up we we call hundreds of mice within within the few weeks of doing that mm-hmm. oh, um wow. that that was I, I did not expect that and we even caught a snake in a tin cat that day um and my my it's super, like wild kingdom up in there my supervisor at the situation. time uh he he jumped and it was it was pretty funny Uh, Are there certain things that you can, you know, you open a bait station, you expect to see, I found mice in there, I found chipmunks. But why is that always I've actually found a frog. It doesn't bother me anymore, to be honest with you. It bothers me every time. Snakes. I scream like a girl. Snakes, that's the one thing. I mean, and I don't mind wrangling the snake every now and then, that's fine, but... I just don't expect to see him when I open a bait station. That's always going to get me to jump back. You remember I called you guys a couple weeks ago because I had a cat in there. I open it up and it goes. <laughs> Thankfully, we, we, we wear brown pants. That was frightening. Uh, so one, one thing to be careful of with, um, with rodents, too, and it's why it's so important that we do rodent control is... They they can you know they spread all kinds of diseases. Uh, you can get food poisoning from from a simple mouse issue. You know uh, that that's why it's so important, especially in restaurants, commercial accounts, even homes. Yeah, but, um, and that's to, why to you that. shouldn't get complacent. Yeah, with your job, you should always remember the health and and safety um, of the public, of your family. These are your family and friends that that eat at these places or go to these stores yep. or, or or in these homes and don't count off a place just because you service them and you've seen that they have roaches or rats do your job persistence to, do your job to the point to where you're not like oh hey don't go don't go to this place you know right. like yes right. that's going to be your first uh, reaction but you know if if you're good at what you do it doesn't matter you know I think persistence with yeah. rodents, though. Patience yeah. and persistence. That's yeah. that's the key. You know, uh, setting traps. You're doing a mass trapping. You expect to catch, you know, ten mice. You need to set a hundred traps. Yeah. If know. you do a mass trapping in the Catholic Church, is that a mass mass trapping? <laughs> like I say, you never know. Uh, never know where that ball's coming from. Hey, that's a legit question. <laughs> it is. Uh, and, I don't and, think mice. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the Hail Mary? Yeah, Hail Mary. Yeah, I don't think mice do that one. They're pretty sharp. They are though. And and one thing too, like Phil said, is don't be afraid to put out more traps than than you think you need to. Yes. Um, because 
say you have a grocery store or something, that one mouse that one person saw and then the one that another person saw on the other side of the store, that may not be the same mouse. There you, may you got be a, blitz a lot. right up at, at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Blitz them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Listen, if you if any of you listeners out there uh, have any issues with mice that you're really stumped on, you know, throw us a throw us an email, give us a situation. Um, sometimes, you know, it helps to put eyes on it, but sometimes uh, setting another set of ears on it also will uh, um, uh, lend itself to solving some problems. So don't be afraid to ask for help. It'd be that, always yeah. That's be happy my to help. One thing that I've said from the beginning is I know I. I <laughs> annoyed Phil and uh, and my supervisor when I Still first started. There, actually. Oh yeah, because um, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, you can go into a situation and do what you know to do, but there's people around you with so much knowledge. Put your pride aside to keep that customer and make that customer happy. I still ask for help. Oh yeah, yeah. me too. Every single day. We all do. So. I well, asked I, Josh for help today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're us three guys are pretty good uh you know helping each other and, sure. and we have like zero um attitude or or think anybody's better than uh anybody else um we definitely put that pride aside and say hey man <laughs> i need you to come look at this or i need some help you know when it comes down to it this there's a lot of negativity in this industry yes and you know you have to kind of put that aside and realize that you are you know the the work that you're doing is affecting you know it's providing for your family you're protecting you know the whole you know the whole city where you live uh you know it's it's really important you know you're you're kind of a, a bug superhero yeah that's why oh, we're we, the three yeah. heroes what we yeah. do is very important too, yeah so yes so yeah, don't, sure we'll don't talk about that in the podcast coming up so yep yeah. absolutely yep so uh guys we're almost at an hour this is awesome um, I fell asleep for like three or four minutes. I'm glad I didn't miss three, it. Three or four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your for your support. Uh, yes. As always, keep liking our stuff. Uh, something I did not mention a while ago is we are finally on iTunes. Yeah, uh, yes. that's awesome. Check us out. Uh, just type in the Bug Geeky Podcast. And we're on there. Subscribe. Please leave us a review if you don't mind. That is extremely important because that's the only way that we can kind of kind of track how we're doing. But if um, you think we suck, don't leave a review. Yeah, I don't, was going to say yeah, that. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> no, these guys are great. And we've already had some people leaving some reviews and giving us five stars. That's awesome. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. Yes. One of those was me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not bug geeky. <laughs> yeah, this is not <laughs> at not bug geeky. Yes. <laughs> at not Josh. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just keep let because we we don't know what you guys like. We don't know what y'all want to hear. So speak out. Leave comments. Um, let us know what you guys think. Like, comment, and subscribe. Yes, to everything. All right. Um, yeah, so this has been fun. We will be back in uh, two weeks. Yes. And um, Thanksgiving episode. Yes. Yes. We will be uh, trapping turkeys. <laughs> no. no. Talking about turkey control. W K R P. Yes. I swear, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll be doing that while we'll we'll eat while we're doing it. We'll be dressed as pilgrims. You won't know. <laughs> But we will. 
Being Bill there, will be dressed as Pocahontas. Be there with my buckle shoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I could pull off the Pocahontas, I think. Mm, you have the legs for it. I do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> nice. Let's wrap it up before I get in trouble. Yeah. So, cool. We'll, uh, we'll see y'all in a couple weeks. And uh, as always, stay, stay geeky. geeky. Stop, I won't stop, I'm hooked on love.